I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and Wagering Week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally a polder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. Welcome to Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So another week, Connor. What is this about? Week six? uh, Week 65, actually, Uh, I think. Seems a little bit like it. We're going to talk about Joe Biden this week. Uh, Joe Biden and sex. You don't usually think of those two things, words, concepts together. I guess some people do, ever since he was accused of smelling women's hair. But we are going to talk about Biden and sex. We're going to talk about a big Supreme Court win for health insurance companies under Obamacare. They're dancing in the streets in Hartford, which is sort of the insurance capital of the world. Hartford, Connecticut. Hartford, Everyone's Connecticut. favorite city if you're well, an insurance company. It was Mark Twain's no favorite else. city. Oh, really? Yeah. I, Mark Twain, I think, uh, I don't know if he, uh, how much of his life he lived there, but uh, maybe second half of his life he hung out there. They're very proud of him there. And we're going to talk about a new vaccine against lawsuits. Dr. Mitch McConnell of the U.S. Senate has come up with a, a way to protect companies against lawsuits related to COVID. Uh, we're going to try to figure out if that's a good idea or not. Uh, so we had some, before we get to the uh, the huge issues, Connor, we, we saw some good movies today, uh, this week, here in the bunker. We saw Big Night, which I had, was not on my radar screen. Was it your idea or your mom's? Mine, I had okay. heard about it. Uh, it's a big food movie. It's like a cult classic, kind of. It's got the, it's it's got Monk from Monk, whatever his name is. I Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub, thank you. Uh, it's got, uh, um, Mark Anthony is a, in a small part. He's got mm-hmm. Minnie Driver in a pretty big part. Mm-hmm. And it's got, of course, the hero who is the guy whose name I can't oh, Stanley remember. Tucci. Stanley yeah, he's Tucci. Terrific. And it's interesting because Stanley Tucci and a, a, another guy who had a small part in the movie 
uh, Campbell Scott co-directed it. Who's Campbell Scott, you say? He's the son of George C. Scott and Colleen Dewhurst. 1996, wonderful movie, Big Night. You are going to love it. So another one you get credit for, Connor, this week is Annihilation. I'd never even heard of it. 2018 a horror science fiction film Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful, and it was a bomb at the box office. And uh, we were speculating about whether it's just uh, the nation's inherent sexism, which we'll get into in one of our topics a minute ago. Because basically, uh, it was this, you know, it was like Alien, which worked for Sigourney Weaver, but she was the, the wild exception. Generally, if you're going to have uh, people trying to battle some paranormal, weird, surreal thing, it's a bunch of guys strapping yeah. on their, their SEAL Team 6. Yeah, this was basically four women or five women. Yeah, five women and SEAL Team women. It was it was all it was like Ocean's uh, Ocean's Eleven, but uh, but uh, sorry, Ocean's Eight, but the military and there is yeah America was not ready for it. Yeah, it does seem like that because it was very good, but it was also bizarre and it was also it was kind of unpalatable to the the you know it was a horror movie, but it wasn't a sit up in the theater shock scare horror movie. You know, really a good film. It was a very good film, but. wasn't the kind where teenagers would be oh let's go out and see this really exciting horror movie it was more of a uh, an exciting <laughs> a less exciting but more thought-provoking horror movie like oh my gosh what about this weird alien threat what would america do what would the world do so you don't think it was sexism that doomed it it cost 45 million to make and it I made it was, 43 million i think that's that, not good math in hollywood no, it's certainly not i think that was part of it i think that was definitely part of it because it it just even watching it, being all in and really enjoying it and wanting to enjoy it and all the rest, it did feel weird to look at this team of five women in military gear, you know, going in to this unknown area. You had these thoughts about so like, you, this. So is you're a, a troglodyte. You're a I'm sexual a trogl- troglodyte. I'm a, sexual, a sexist, sexist troglodyte over here. But I mean, you know, you can't escape it. We all have these biases. You have to confront them. You have to see this and think, why no, am I No, you don't have to. You can run away from them. True. Why am so, I feeling weird? So the last movie we saw, All That Jazz, wonderful film Roy Scheider and of course we saw a few snippets of him in Jaws it's now a film well. review podcast by the way yeah well these are great movies uh, all three of them were, were good this week so I don't know if it was a good week for Joe Biden or not he had his big uh, tell-all interview with Mika Brzezinski real-life wife of Morning Joe uh, she of the uh you know, Trump said uh, she wanted an invitation to Mar-a-Lago, uh, but uh, there was blood dripping from her plastic surgery wound, and so I said no. Uh, really unpleasant encounter. I, uh, you know, yes, we Trump would have been better off without that exchange. Trump, Trump famously uh, said some horrible sexist crap about her and also every other woman on the planet. I don't know if you forgot those women as well. Uh, I, 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 for, I always I forgot forget. those women. I always forget yeah. how he also says horrible things about every other woman. So she did a good job. She was kind of grinding pretty hard on uh, Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. First of all, um, I have to digress a little bit just to talk about computer stuff, Connor. I, I talk about troglodyte. I mean, it took me a long time to figure out how cut and paste work, uh, and it changed my life. This is, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago I discovered it. And I was kicking myself because, oh my gosh. You were 10, 15 years late. It is yeah. truly life-changing. Yeah. Cutting and pasting, fabulous. Another thing, Connor, I love is the search function. You can search for any word, any phrase, and so on. Sure. So this morning, 
I opened up the New York Times, and there was a really a big, long article by Jason uh, Zengerly about Joe Biden and his campaign. Very comprehensive. Mm-hmm. And I, I started looking at it, and I, and I realized, you know, getting ready for the podcast, I wanted to, wanted to find out what Jason said about the whole Tara Reid thing, because that's been a huge issue. So I actually I used my newfound knowledge about search functions. I, I took this article, which turned out to be 4,403 words, Connor, about Joe Biden and the campaign. And I searched for a Tara Reid, and it came up empty. And I thought, well, I'm doing it wrong, right, and my computer's right. broken. I did it a couple of times, and doggone it, if the New York Times profile of the Joe Biden campaign <laughs> yeah. this morning, right. Sunday, May 3, 4,000 4, didn't have a single word about Tara Reid. Now, do you think maybe I'm just not doing the search function right? That's probably what's it. What's going on? Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Or yeah. could be there's an alternative theory. Mm-hmm. The mainstream media is not really trying to focus much on Tara Reid. I mean, no, mostly they're not. Some of them are, are talking about it and and reporting on it. Um, and it's not like it's not in the news, right? It, it's not on every It, it is now. It, now they've broken down. Right. And in its defense, the New York Times came out the other day and said, hey, let's have a, a good, solid inquiry into this whole University of Delaware document right. thing. Let's let's get to the bottom of it. Not every article you know, is going to be about it. I mean, there's, t- frankly, it's there's COVID news it's, to cover. Yeah, it's a major news story. But the idea that uh, there's a, a, a sexual assault scandal with a politician, uh, but the world keeps turning um, – is hardly news in and of itself. I mean, we're we're in a world where it would really our be strange if the world stopped spinning. Would, our, I mean, that would be news for our sure. Our president has been credibly first. Accused. We'd fly off right and mm. in in pieces, shreds to shreds. Yeah, right. We've got a president who's been credibly accused by dozens of, of women. I mean, this is this is a, a a common occurrence. The fact that it happened has happened to the other side now. That is itself news. But there's nothing else remarkable right. about it. I mean. Do, do do Democrats have to be introspective about this? Yes. Should Joe Biden drop out and have somebody else replace him? Would that be the moral thing to do? Yes, I think so. Well, no, he, not if he's totally innocent. That's that's true. Yes. Yeah. yeah you're right. Before I, I, we get I agree, into, but I I don't think he is. But bef- I, I don't know enough about Tara Reid. Smells this point women's to say hair. That. Before we get into the whole uh, hashtag believe women thing, th- I know this is a stupid digression, but Connor, you're really smart. You know a lot about science. Help sure. me with this. I, I mentioned a second ago some dopey comment about us flying off the Earth if suddenly it stopped spinning. Yeah. But here's a serious dopey question. Okay. The Earth is going at twenty five thousand miles an hour. You stand on the equator. And in 24 hours, you've gone one time around, correct? Yes, am correct. I Am I right nope, so far on right. this, geographically and <laughs> astronomically? Mathematically, yeah. So that means the guy standing on the equator is going 25,000 miles an hour because it's 24 hours, 25,000, roughly. How come we aren't flying off into space? And so, don't just say, well, Dad, there's gravity. Because right. <laughs> wouldn't gravity have to be like exactly the right amount? Oh, oh well, but it, this It couldn't is, be too much because we'd be crushed against yeah, the yeah, yeah. E- mm-hmm. Ecuador... So, Equator, Think about and it, it can't way. be too little because we'd float off and fly. How what is it? I mean, do you believe in God now? That no, there's just the right amount of gravity. What you're describing is this Goldilocks fallacy: the mm-hmm. idea that things have to be exactly perfect to be the way that they are. When in fact, everything came from something and somewhere, and everything came, you know, like a clockwork. So perfect is the enemy of the good, is what you're saying. No, so clockwork no? Oh, physics style, everything, you know, got. Uh, marched forward in time according to physics to get to the point where we're at and then we look around and go oh things are perfect for the circumstances you know animals are perfect for their environments because they evolved 
planets are were formed from these disks of hot stuff that all mm-hmm. came together according to gravity and formed into disks that all solidified and the earth cooled into i know that orbs. exactly and the earth cooled right and now you've got um, the the surface of the stuff on the surface of the earth is held on because it was you know being slowly compressed until really? matter was was, okay. was was pulled in by gravity and then life developed on the outside of that there's okay. no reason why it all of a sudden would then turn around and fly off because it's got the momentum it's Even got. Even though a very nice Ecuadorian man is is now standing, just stand, or maybe jumping up and down right. on the equator, and yeah. he doesn't fly off even though he's going 25,000 miles an hour. That's Connor's opinion. That and blows I'm, my mind. I got nothing. I agree. I got nothing on this, but please, if there are any people out there who think they know an even better, more accurate answer than Connor's, send us an email well, here, at too many lawyers podcast at gmail.com. Too many lawyers podcast at gmail.com. Tell us why we aren't flying off into space. I'll tell you what blows my mind is that you've got a guy on the equator and he's going 25,000 miles an hour and then you've got a guy on the North Pole and he's got he's going one mile, yeah, one mile hour, hardly right? at all exactly. yeah but he, he's got a parka on and he can get it in an airplane and he can fly in a couple of hours from the north pole to the equator and he feels no change in velocity yeah, we'll get an answer how to that one as well that? i have no idea i have a, no understanding of how that works so let's talk about hashtag believe women now this is a really interesting phenomenon there are millions and millions of people who believe in hashtag believe women i'm one of them and I think, tell me why I'm wrong, I mm-hmm. think this is the best possible proof of the dishonesty of identity politics. Mm. I don't think you should make a decision in civil law or criminal law, governmental action, political, based on the characteristics of the person who is a victim or a perp. Now, if you look at their race or their sex or their age or their politics or their sexual orientation, none of that should matter when you're pursuing the right thing to do, when you're deciding who's telling the truth, who was hurt and how badly. I'm not saying affirmative action is wrong. I think there are situations where we should have that. I'm not saying we shouldn't celebrate the fact that we no longer live in the madman era. As much as I loved that show, Mad Men, we know men were pigs and women were desperately afraid to come forward. Fine. We got to work on that. But to take these explicit characteristics into account and say, believe women, I think the way to dispose of believe women is ask the most dedicated, hardcore female leaders Mm -hmm. of the Believe Women movement who are 55 or 60 years old, and they have sons who are 20, 25, or 30, who they respect. What if a woman accused your son of rape and he denied it? Would you believe her? The answer is no. These hardcore female leaders of the Believe Women movement would say, I no. Then the question gets into the details. Okay, well, how would you believe it? Hear them both out? Accept a presumption that the accuser of your uh, son is a lying uh, liar or that your son is a lying rapist? Are you comfortable with a presumption that he's a lying rapist? Is that an okay standard for everybody else, just not your son? So we can debate what the standard should be, but due process is important. Presumption of innocence is important important burden of proof i just don't think you can defend one standard for you and another for other people and you can't defend a universal believe everybody who shares a characteristic and i think that actually one of the good things coming out of the biden debate now is that that is being tossed on the ash heap of history what do you think i think that believe women would never have gotten the traction it got and never have started the national conversation and international conversation that we've had and it would never have contributed to the Me Too's very Me Too movement's very important work if it had not been inflammatory. 
You don't get yeah, conversation, right. movement, and talk around something if it's a boring platitude that everyone's already heard, like give women's accusations credibility and don't dismiss right. them so, out of so hand. So there's some advantages and I'll tell you what, to it being inflammatory. Right. Believe women means one thing, and it means the society has not believed women. It has disbelieved the, believed women. It has lied about women. It has suppressed their voices. It has chilled their speech and told them that they're crazy and told them that they're overreacting and told them that that wasn't really sexual assault and told them that it would hurt society too much if they came out and told the, the truth about stories for all of human history. And in reality, there are people out there being victimized and believe women is projecting out into the universe, look, come forward, we will listen to you, we will give what you say credence, we will investigate, we will do something about this, we will make the world a better place. It does not mean don't look into accusations, throw people's careers yeah. away, okay, good. throw well, I, rapists I can buy that. So the idea is that jails. it was inflammatory and that was good, yes. but now I think it's gone up in flames. Absolutely so. not. It is not. <laughs> we have not solved these problems and we have to keep believing women 100%, what? which means actually legitimately investigate things instead of okay. just sweeping them under well, the Well, then I'm okay with that. Yay! This is Too Many Lawyers. We do hope you will subscribe to us and rate us and so on. Connor has more details about all that fancy stuff. Yeah, so you go on iTunes, right? Well, you download this, of course, because who, who else gets any podcasts anywhere but iTunes? Me, specifically. But when you go on iTunes, you download the podcast. It'll ask you, but sometimes. But you got to go in there and you say, rate this podcast and, 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 and leave a review and type a little comment in. Uh, and you can do the same thing on your Android app, whatever the app is called, because it's not standardized. Mine's called Podcast Addict. It's not sponsored, but whatever. Just get any any you know app you use and rate our podcast on it. We'll be by, right back with Too Many Lawyers. We're going to get into a big Obamacare win for insurance companies. Stick with us. We are back with Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So Obamacare came sweeping into the nation, I guess it was 2010, uh, after Obama was elected in 08, first time, so it took him a couple of years, but uh, he got his big win. And it's been in front of the U.S. Supreme Court several times. Famously, Chief Justice John Roberts, Republican appointee, saved Obamacare twice. Hooray! And so now Obamacare is still in the news, still in the Supreme Court news, and so it requires insurance companies to cover people with pre-existing illnesses Hooray! without letting those insurance companies charge the proper actuarially appropriate rates. Obviously, somebody who is 93 on a dialysis machine is going to be a little different from the guy who's a decathlon champion and he's never been sick a day in his life. He's 24. Those people normally would and should be charged different rates. But Obamacare says, mm, not so much. We're not really going to allow that. But here's the deal. Because that translates to money trouble for insurance companies because they're insuring people and not allowed to charge the higher rates because of Mr. Dialysis. Insurance companies, to a degree, climbed onto the Obamacare train because there was fine print. And that's the subject of the big lawsuit this week. The fine print at Obamacare said to the insurance companies, hey, folks, if you take a bath, I mean, you really lose big time. We are going to bail you out. The federal government recognizes we're not letting you charge high enough premiums. We'll pay you some money. So what happened? Um, they did take a bath to the tune of $12 billion. That'll and, happen with a pandemic. And the insurance, oh no, this is way before the pandemic. This is pre-pandemic. This huh. lawsuit was filed a couple of years ago and it just decided this week. So the insurance companies go to uh, the federal government and say, oh my goodness, what a wild ride this has been. We'd like our $12 billion. And the feds say, no. Uh, law changed. We actually changed the congressional law, and we said we're not going to pay that after all. And the company said, say what? And so they sued, 
And the U.S. Supreme Court this week ruled for the insurance companies eight to one. Connor, eight, eight to, to one, one. Yeah, including liberals, liberals conservatives. conservatives. Yeah. The only justice voting against the insurance industry was Alito, who said, you know, the language of the law that said we'll pay them the $12 billion, it was kind of squishy. You're not really allowed to sue the government except in extreme circumstances. So... That's the result, and it was fascinating to me because usually conservatives want to limit lawsuits, but here you've got several very conservative justices like Thomas and and a few of the others, and insurance companies were on board, obviously, with getting paid. Companies usually resist government intervention uh, in matters, but here Obama dangled money to the insurance industry, so some were okay with it. It's kind of through the looking glass because, you know, if you want to give insurance stuff away for free, my attitude is don't pretend it's insurance. If the insurance company does its job right, it will charge more for people who are likely to have higher claims. But if you want to give away houses or bread or clothing or or medical care, give it away under our federal government's power to, to help people with social welfare programs. But don't call it insurance because that's not what Obamacare is. I mean, the market system assures the consumer has lots of choices. Sellers falling all over themselves to get their business by offering high quality at low prices. Kind of a nice system. Enter the government, you know, if people need help, fine, give it to them, but don't pretend it's a market system. Well, the market system. system doesn't guarantee anything. The whole point is, is that you need an institution like a government to guarantee something. The government, The market system offers the promise that there, when it is profitable to do so, it will offer goods and services uh, at prices that it is profitable to offer them to. Well, and it often to, works pretty well, it like very selling often, cars it very and bread works very and well. basically everything. Absolutely. But that's the danger, of course, is with something like uh, health, uh, health care um, and health insurance, you have uh, you need surety, right? You need to know that it's going to work. And you need to know that, that everybody can get it because we can't have people dying on the streets. And if the way that Republicans uh, and conservatives generally have forced uh, Americans to get their health care is through the marketplace, then you need to put governmental pressure and controls and constraints and regulations on the marketplace and execute it the right way so that nobody dies in the street. And you can do that however you want. But when there's something that's absolutely mandatory, you've got to have government intervention regulation because otherwise you end up with insurance companies not covering people with pre-existing conditions, which everybody agrees is now a bad idea because those people need to cover it. Now, you can get them with universal health care, but conservatives don't want that. Or you can get them by forcing private companies to do stuff that will be unprofitable to them in order to participate in the market. And then they can all compete against each other and drive down prices and increase better services in the world where they all have to do the right thing and prepare, you know, c- provide coverage for everybody, including those with pre-existing conditions. And as long as as you put that constraint on them, they're going to make less profit. But as long as they can stay afloat, they're still going to make some profit and be able to compete with each other and get the best results out of capitalism. Capitalism shouldn't be the end in and of itself. The idea of profit can't be the end. It can't be the goal. The goal has to be making sure everybody has food and health care and doesn't die and has a good life and can be fulfilled. And if capitalism gets us there, that's great. But the idea of, well, what about the fact that we can make big profits? 
that that's not the end. That's not the goal. It can only be and should only be a means to an end. And I think that's the way we we turn our minds around this and we think, oh, well, we want the market system to be uh, the ultimate goal. As long as the market is out there and working, then things are going to turn out fine. That's not true. You've got to keep your eye on things to make sure they work out uh, well, and the market system can sometimes get us there. All this talk about fulfillment, Connor, you sound a little like Tony Robbins. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Have I you ever my, considered I, it? I am a, shouting into a microphone a, right now, a which is what Tony, and motivational speaking? Ladies and gentlemen... Uh, no, I'm going to turn into a preacher. We don't want that. We, I, we, I'd become a cult leader. I'd make everybody shave their heads. They'd wear robes. Um, actually, they'd be pretty dope. Might turn into Sam Kinison. Did you know Sam Kinison, the famous comedian who passed, of course, years ago, started out as a sidewalk preacher when he was 10? Really? When I was a kid, I a remember being kind years of old. intrigued and amazed by seeing sidewalk preachers. Right. And, you know, when you're 8 or 9 or 10, you see somebody really bellowing at the top of their lungs and pounding the Bible and so on is kind of scary and freaky. Yeah. And then as I got older, I noticed mm, nobody seems to do that anymore. I mean, I can't remember the last time I've seen a sidewalk preacher. Have you seen one many times in your lifetime? So in college, I wrote for a magazine um, that uh, uh, let me do an editorial uh, piece. I mean, it wasn't an editorial. It was a, it was a big, long profile of a bunch of different religious organizations that came to the college campus, including and especially those who stood on soapboxes and shouted and screamed about right. how evolution was a lie. So you did and see fire it and brimstone was happening. Oh yeah, they were all over college campuses. Oh, really? And the, the questions I was asking these folks are why do you come into the belly of the beast here? And you know, Sodom and Gomorrah of UC Santa Barbara, <laughs> which is just the party party school to end all party schools, where religious organizations have basically no power. And you know, there's under drinking and sex and everything else and drugs and of course their answer was where people need the most help predictably the first answers were this is where people need the most help but you got to go deeper than that and ask but are you going to get any return on your investment are you like what's the point they're going to think of roi yeah these guys are thinking roi why not live on the margins and go with people who maybe are on the edges of well i you know they're at a place in their life and physically geographically societally where they might be more susceptible to conversion but when you're talking to a bunch of biology students your hit rate's going to be so low that you are irrelevant like what's the point of telling a bunch of young people aren't open-minded and open to change uh, what's the point of telling a bunch of biology students that evolution is a lie? They, they know it's not. They can look at a slide and tell you it's freaking not. So it doesn't matter that these this is the belly of the beast and you know Jesus walked among the prostitutes and it doesn't it's irrelevant and, and pointless. And at the same time, you could also I say, believe we call them sex workers now, Connor. Uh, that's true. I don't know. If, I don't know if Jesus did, but you're right. Absolutely, sex workers is a better term. I, it was so. Yeah, I do see some sidewalk preachers. I have seen some in my life. They're not fun, pleasant people to be around. But you're right. It is arresting to see somebody like that. It's shocking. And I think that's, it's like a baby crying. It's the sort of, they, they adopt that tone and that the, the, the timber of the voice and the, the furor. And it, it just grabs part of your brain that, that are evolutionarily we're designed to say, this person's in distress. I need to pay attention to help this person. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks, and that's judgmental Connor Oaks. <laughs> when we come back, a vaccine. Not the kind of vaccine you're thinking about, but or want. a different kind of vaccine. We'll get to that in just a minute. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. 
I'm Connor Oaks. So the congressional vaccine uh, for lawsuits is maybe around the corner. There's a tsunami of lawsuits a-coming because of COVID. But Senator Mitch McConnell wants to head him off at the pass. Countless workers are filing lawsuits arguing, well, we caught COVID on the job because of the boss, boss's negligence. And so there's a bill that would curb the uh, lawsuits. It would raise the legal bar for showing that a company's action or inaction led to an infection. So that's what McConnell's up to. The Democrats say, oh, we get it, we get it. The GOP is protecting companies. We're for helping workers. Yay! (laughs) So the Carnival Cruise folks are being sued by passengers saying, we didn't get any warnings about infection risk. I I saw somebody complaining in the news the other day, we were stuck on a cruise ship for for two months. And I'm thinking, you know, people pay tens of thousands of dollars to be stuck (laughs) on a freaking cruise ship for two months. Yeah, I don't don't think they starved them. They probably had, you know, the comic from the Borscht Belt entertain them every every night. Maybe they got fat on the buffet. What's the problem? Maybe they did. You know, know. maybe they did. Anyway, uh, banks are getting sued. Wells Fargo, B of A, and so on have been sued by small businesses that were slow because the banks were slow to process uh, coronavirus rescue loans. Six Flags was sued by a fan saying my membership fees are being collected. Major League Baseball is being sued because they're really slow about giving refunds on those season ticket uh, expenses and so on. Southwest Air was sued for you know refund for a canceled flight. What, what do you think, Connor? You think Mitch McConnell, your personal hero, yep. is on uh, the right track trying to cut back on these lawsuits, which are going to be devastating and bankrupt a bunch of people because you know how annoying those plaintiff's lawyers can be. Oh, yeah. Not a, not a fan of plaintiff's lawyers uh, generally as, as a rule. There are some, there are some exceptions to that, but uh, not, not a fan generally. Uh, I think that the idea of a blanket uh uh, immunity or legal protection, or even just a very broad legal protection against um, companies uh, for uh, preventing them from being sued for liability uh, dam- and damages that they cause to their employees or to their uh, their customers. Either way, I think it's a bad idea because I think we have a, a court system um, that fundamentally either you believe in it or, or you don't. You think it works or it doesn't, but but. Blanket bans on on people using it are not is not a solution if you think it has problems and it's broken, um, and and given the, the assumption that lawsuits are theoretically uh, possibly a good thing, um, I think that uh, large companies uh, are generally situated well to be able to deal with uh, with these sorts of lawsuits and the threat of those sorts of lawsuits has a prophylactic effect that will force those companies to respect individuals uh, health needs and rights and think oh how do I protect my customers and my employees from uh, harm that might come to them from contracting COVID or you know the abuses that you can uh, you can do if you're holding people's money and refusing to give refunds, like you know the MLB or whatever else. I mean, Major League Baseball. Yeah, it it might stink that they get sued by a fan <laughs> who wants a who wants a refund. But I'll tell you what, a lot of fans out there made a financial decision in a world before COVID and need a a, a refund yeah, of no job, hundreds no or income. thousands of dollars on season tickets. And that's a very real need that a very real person has. And I think Major League Baseball saying, uh, you know, this nonsense like, oh, well, we're not, we're not canceling the season. We're just delaying it until right. the next season. So the 2020 season isn't canceled. It's just now taking place in 2021. Come on. Well, like, these are the sorts of lawsuits that are, are these are the sorts of defenses uh, 
that won't even have to be examined in court. You, Major League Baseball won't even have to, to pass the smell test and be able to defend itself uh, with a high-priced, fancy lawyer who has to say that in front of a judge and a jury. Instead, you're just gonna, they're going to be able to throw their hands up and say, Mitch McConnell put up a shield and protected me. Did, did he protect you? Did he put a shield on you, individual worker, somehow, for, for, to protect you in this time of crisis or the person who needs a refund on their well, Connor, tickets? Is it, no. As a lifelong defense lawyer, I, I kind of like your characterization of the, well, theoretically and possibly there might be a justification right. for a lawsuit. I yeah. think that's, a, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of a yeah, good yeah, standard. Yeah, yeah. When jury trials resume, uh, we have a warning for defendants. Uh, there's been a survey taken by DecisionQuest. And uh, just uh, last month, they did a survey, and they've detected there are some possible shifts in attitudes by jurors toward big companies after the pandemic. Mm. People, the greater the concern people had over the pandemic, the more pro-plaintiff they're likely to be, the higher damages they're likely to award, more likely to give punitive damages and so on. So uh, the defendants might be in, in a little bit of trouble in it's the, really the new litigation era. that we've got, a, uh, we've got some, some evidence now, uh, you know, in, in interviews and surveys done uh, because it really could go either way. You know, people could, uh, juries, when thinking about it in broad strokes and theoretically, how is a jury going to react to a major national, international crisis? Are they going to tighten up in the money that they hand out via, you know, uh, judgments? Or are they going to loosen up? Are they going to think people, individuals need help and big companies can pay for it? Or are they going to... tighten up and think these people are whiners. We're living in a world of COVID where the, the wheels have fallen off of the truck of society and we're skidding across an icy road and you're out here complaining about your well, season tickets. We'll see, I guess, Connor, if we ever have any more jury trials. Yeah, they keep uh, kicking know, them out. They're talking about virtual trials. Can you imagine? Really? Virtual trials. So here's the here's what I see during the jury selection process. Um, well, uh, Miss Jones, uh, let me ask you, uh, you've heard about the facts of the case. Do you think you could be fair. Uh, Miss Jones, what, what, what's that? I hear something. Oh, I'm listening to Laverne and Shirley in the background, but don't worry. I'm, I'm listening. 100% of my attention yeah, is focused right it here. could be awkward. Absolutely. So, uh, last topic I wanted to get into, Connor, was doggone it, Harrison Ford. He's getting a lot of crap for his uh, aviation mishaps. But I will say there's nothing like a good Harrison Ford, you know, air crash problem <laughs> to take our minds off of COVID. You know, the pa- in the past, Harrison Ford he landed on a golf course mm-hmm. uh, near Santa Monica Airport. Oh, God, he, he wound up on Penmar Golf Course. The airport was nearby, and and they looked kind of similar. Uh, then a few years well, later— I think he had, he had trouble. He didn't get confused with the case. I think he had in, instrument trouble and had to make right, an we'll emergency. Give, we'll give him the benefit Harrison, of the doubt the first time. Yeah. Then he's trying to land at John Wayne Airport in Orange County. He didn't actually ran, land on the runway. He landed on the taxiway. At least it wasn't. Uh, it's pretty close. Jamboree Boulevard. So that's okay. Now good. we got a repeat performance. Maybe maybe Harrison is sort of taking the. I'm a celebrity. I can land this freaking plane wherever I want. I'm going to land it on your driveway next, lady. Get me out of here. I'm a celebrity. Yeah. So here's what he did this week. He tried to land at the Hawthorne uh, California Airport. He did land safely, but then he turned onto another runway where another plane was scheduled to land. You know what is shocking to me? He was so good piloting the Millennium Falcon. Can you imagine why he He did the Kessel Run in under... 10 parsecs. I can't remember how many parsecs it was, which is pointless because parsecs is not a measure of time. Uh, Next week, we're going to straighten out the parsec thing. Uh, You folks have a wonderful, safe week, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Too many lawyers.
I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.